All right, guys, so it's Monday again. That would be the second week of this podcast. And on the first week of this podcast, I said I was going to be recording every week. And I just spent like the last 45 minutes trying to record the second podcast, and it was just going terribly. So we are going unscripted. I am going to deliver what I promised, which is another podcast this week. But we're just going to wing it. Hi there, I'm Kelsey. Here on the Save Podcast, I love chatting about the saving work of Jesus Christ and the good work that he wants to do in each and every one of our lives. If you stick around long enough, you'll learn that I, like all of us, am still getting to know Jesus better and better day by day. But I hope what I share on this podcast encourages you into a deeper relationship with him. So come on. Let's explore our identity as Jesus's saved. Hey guys, thank you so much for even making it this far and committing to listening what I'm, or listening to, I guess, what I'm going to say, even though I don't know what I'm going to say yet. Um, Just praying that the Lord really speaks what he wants to say um, as we as we dive into the word today. Um, just to begin by talking a little bit about the Saved podcast, um, it's officially getting up and running, um, even though the second week of recording's not going great. That has not discouraged me. I have been hard at work. We officially have a Gmail. It is the Saved podcast at gmail.com. So if you have topic suggestions or requests, questions or comments, you just want to chat about all things the Lord or faith or your life, just hit me up there and I'd love to either respond to you personally or have you send me a message on the podcast or whatever. It would be great. Um, At this point, we are currently on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. I don't even know what any of those are. Not even Google Podcasts, actually, as terrible as that sounds. I'm more of like an Apple Podcast girl myself, which hopefully by continuing to publish regularly, I'll get published too soon here. Um, I'd also like to be on Spotify eventually. Also, I am available on the Anchor app, which is what I'm recording from right now. Um, Let's see. On a personal update side of things, my husband and I um, just moved. He finished uh, another semester of pharmacy school, in which I'm very proud of him for because he worked very hard. Um, So we moved out of um, Big Rapids, which is where we were for his school. I don't know if you've ever heard of Big Rapids, but it is a booming metropolis. And I use that term loosely in the state of Michigan. Um, So now we're just on the road for the summer. We're kind of going to a couple different places here and we're on the road living as nomads um, until the fall kicks up and his classes keep rolling. Um, So that's what we've been up to. I'm working full time up here. I'm really enjoying that. Just enjoying um, kind of getting to be on a summer schedule where we have the evening to ourselves instead of uh, my husband Casey having to, to worry about studying. So I pray that last week you were able to glean something meaningful from the podcast. Um, Last week we talked about what the word saved means because it is the namesake of this podcast. Um, The first thing we said is that we desperately need to be saved. Just the very use of the word saved 
communicates that what we're talking about is dramatic. And I don't mean like dramatic as in an overreacting way. I mean like dramatic as in making your heart stop um, could be tragic, could be detrimental type deal. Um, so yeah, that's we needed to be saved from the, the punishment and the sentence that our sin has effectively earned us, um, which is being apart from God for all eternity. Um, however, the second point we talked about is that Jesus did the saving work on the cross. And because he's the one that saved us on the cross, there's nothing that our good deeds can do in order to save us. It's already been done. It's already covered. And anything we try to do in addition to that is just us not having faith, honestly, in what Jesus did. Essentially by trying to work or donate enough or be good enough, um, we're looking at the salvation work of the cross and saying that wasn't good enough. There needs to be more that's done, which of course is an absolute lie. Um, And then the third thing we talked about is how we are saved and we're continuing to be saved. And what that means is that Jesus has already saved us, past tense, but we're also working out our salvation, as scripture says. And essentially that is growing closer to him until the final day when we get to be with him for all of eternity and perfection. So after we talked about these three things, we camped on how that impacts our lives and how we can no longer continue to live like slaves. Um, There's a beautiful song called No Longer Slaves. I forget who it's by, but I've definitely cried to it a good number of times. Um, But it's the truth is that because Jesus has set us free, we can't walk back into the cell of slavery and just sit down and say, oh, actually, this is where I'd rather be. Um, That's taking the work of the cross in vain. Um like walking back to our sin, like uh, identifying ourselves as sinners that are never going to be over to able to overcome a challenge um, just isn't biblical and it's not what, what Jesus has in store for us. And uh, we need to break free of that. So anyway, that's what we talked about last week. And I hope if you haven't listened to it, you will take a second and pa- pause this podcast and go and check it out. Okay, so let's start getting into the meat of the podcast, which, like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I haven't spent too much time pondering. Um, This week I was going to try to talk about loneliness, but I just found that I couldn't follow the outline that I had written. In that outline, I had planned to chat a little bit about loneliness um, and how we experience it and how... Jesus experienced it and speaks truth into it and today offers us solace for that or a balm for that searing loneliness we feel sometimes. However, it I just wrote it like I was supposed to read it, which is not authentic and is not at all how I speak in real conversation. So I'm going to rework it and uh, get back to you guys on this topic soon. So I hope you'll stick around for that. But maybe this would be a good segue into talking about perfectionism. Um, I know I mentioned it quite a few times um, last week in the podcast as something that we're saved from. And I think it applies beautifully um, to this week because um, I think there's a real difference between perfectionism and wanting to do something well. Um, As a recovering perfectionist, as uh, someone who always had to have everything right to a T, um, I I think we can speak a little bit today into the difference between the two. So I think the best place maybe to start would be talking about God's perfection. 
because that's this true standard of perfection here that we're talking about. Um, we're not just talking about someone who does everything right, who gets their way, who lives a good life. Um, you know, like you think of the phrase picture perfect, maybe like the person who has a beautiful house and the latest iPhone and these cute kids and nothing's ever messy and they never look tired and they're never complaining. Um, even that is a fake version of perfection. Um, Photoshop pictures are also a fake version of perfection. But for some reason, as we look on social media, as we look at other people's lives, we think it's something that we can attain, even though it's fake. Um, and I think the best thing we can do is look at what the word says in terms of God being perfect. Um, because he is the one that sets the standard for perfection. He is the one, he He is perfection. Maybe we should camp on that for a second, is that um, not like perfection as an adjective, as in God is perfect, as in like perfect describes God, but more like God is perfection. Like you look at God and that's perfection. And there's only one God. There is only one level of perfection. So as I've been doing this little intro, I Googled um, what the Bible says about God being perfect. So in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4, it says the rock, and the rock is referring to God, the rock, his work is perfect for all his ways are just. A God of faithfulness and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. So God's right work is perfect. Romans 12, 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So there the verse is saying that God's will is perfect. Psalm 19, 7 through 11, the psalmist says, the law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Let's see, what else do we have? Ooh, okay. Isaiah 25, verse 1. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name. For you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. So this is something that we could hash through for a very long time. But just to begin to grasp the fact that God is perfect. His plan is perfect. His design is perfect. His will is perfect. His judgment is perfect. His decisions are perfect. And maybe these things that we don't necessarily agree with all the time, there might be times where something happens and we, you know, are angry at God. But we have to remember that what the word said is true, is that God is perfect. He is perfection. So maybe now we can dive a little bit into what it means when we try to take on that perfection and the burden that we place on ourselves when we try to take on that perfection. So, when I look at what it means to be a perfectionist, I look at someone that just agonizes over the details. And I don't mean in, in an unhealthy way. I think it's definitely worth going through your work and making sure to do a good job or um, go through whatever you're doing, your plans, and make sure that um, they're wise and thoughtful and, and not um, 
rash um, or or um, unthoughtful. But at the same time, I think when you start to define your worth as how flawless your actions, plans, words, X, Y, Z can be, that's where it starts to get unhealthy. Because when you don't live up to that, which you won't, I mean, it's impossible. It's impossible to never make a mistake. And when that happens, if your identity is wrapped up in that, your identity is going to come crashing down. You're going to be left with self-doubt. You're going to be left with hurt. Um, You're going to be left with doubt, just really ugly things because essentially you have tried to fill the role of God, right? It's God's role to be perfect. It's God's job and him alone to set the example of what perfect can be. And to speak to that, that's why Jesus had to pay for our sins, If we could be good enough, if we could be perfect enough to somehow be on the same playing field as God and be able to be in his presence for eternity, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. And I think that if Jesus didn't need to come, if God didn't need to sacrifice his only son, his only perfect son, he wouldn't have. So I think we can logically draw the conclusion here that because Jesus had to be sent in order to die for our sins, our shortcoming, our inability to be perfect, it proves that only God himself in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit is perfect. So because of that truth, I think we need to look at how we can give God all the glory and give him the seat in our lives of being perfect. So let's start to talk about how that applies to our lives. Um, Again, I'm sorry that that wasn't a more comprehensive or guided discussion (laughs) outlining what I mean by perfection and uh, laying the groundwork there. Um, But I also think that that's something that we could talk about all day long. Um, God is just so good. His will is so true. I think when you experience a personal relationship with him and you live a longer walk with him um, and you start to see things that he didn't give you when you asked for them, things that he did, things that he allowed you to walk through, things that he saved you from. I think that's when you begin to really experience the perfection of God the joy of having a relationship with him and having that burden of needing to be perfect taking off taken off your shoulders. So, yes, like I said, let's start to talk about how that applies to your day-to-day life. Um what it means when you no longer identify with your ability to be perfect when you kill that idolatrous part of your heart that is trying to take the place of God, what happens as a result? Or how can you live your life differently? I think the first way that you can live differently, and this is something that I can best explain through an example, is that you can tolerate your mistakes and your shortcomings with the compassion of Christ. 
What I mean by that is, this might seem silly to you guys. This, I mean, it seems petty, but in the moment, it really meant a lot to me. So a few weeks ago, I, for my job, had to send out a really high stakes email. It was going to some um, high up leaders in the organization. Um, I'd been spending a lot of work and time on this project and I was really invested in it and I was beginning to identify as it or identify in it, identify in my ability or see my worth in how I executed this project. So anyway, I went to send out this huge email to these important people. And after it went out, I found that it had a typo in it. And on one hand, I understand, I learned a lesson that I need to be more thorough in reviewing my work, but that's not where this event stopped. It didn't just stop with me learning that I need to be more thorough. It continued to me beating up on myself, um, allowing myself to just get in a really ugly headspace where like my whole day was ruined, where I couldn't see any value in any of the other work that I had done on this project. Um, I was just making comments about how I was useless and how I hoped that people still thought highly of me. And guys, it was just pretty, pretty terrible looking back at it. Um, But moving forward into that and instead taking it to God and acknowledging to him that only he can be perfect and that I'm going to make mistakes like this, that allows me to instead treat that incident with, like I said, the compassion of Christ, with the understanding that next time I can do better, with the understanding that I will fall short, but I can grow in that. Not that my failure has defined who I am and that's all I ever am now. So the first takeaway here, I think, is what I'm trying to get at is that when you let go of being perfect as God is perfect, that expectation on yourself, you can instead approach shortcomings with a little bit more forgiveness in your heart. And that's not forgiveness for yourself. That's instead experiencing the forgiveness that Christ has for you. Um, Because Christ is the one that earned the ability to give you that forgiveness by paying for shortcomings on the cross. Let's make that example a little bit more serious um, because maybe my silly work email (laughs) example isn't really resonating with you. Let's say that... um, let's say that you're battling with alcohol and it's something that has begun to impact your finances and your relationship with other people. And it's starting to hurt those around you and it's starting to hurt yourself and your health long-term. Approaching that challenge with perfectionism pushes you further away from God. If you say to yourself, I need to work through this. I need to be better. I need to never slip up again. I need to be totally perfect today. And then I can approach God. Then I can get into right relationship with him. Then I can reach out to others and allow people to get near to me again. It's only going to push God and others further from you because that's not going to happen we're all going to have moments of weakness. We're all going to have times where we say things that we shouldn't. 
And if we think that we need to somehow have it all together before we can approach God, then we're not going to get to approach him because it's not going to happen without him. And the beautiful thing is that God doesn't ask us to come to him once we have our lives figured out. He asks us to come to him to figure out our lives. So whether it be abusing alcohol, whether it be being jealous or covetous of other people, whether it be being judgmental of other people, whether it be anger, sadness, if we tell ourselves we in our own power have to be perfect and get over those things, we're not going to be able to do it. We just can't. We just don't have the power. Going back to what I said earlier, Jesus proved that he was the only one that had the power to do it by dying on the cross. So letting go of perfectionism allows us to be closer to Jesus. This is so good, guys. This is just speaking to my heart right now. I don't know if this is something that you needed to hear. Maybe this is a reason that the first recording went so terribly is because it was something I needed to hear. But I am just really praying that this is speaking to your soul right now. That maybe you're comparing yourselves to other people on social media. Maybe you're comparing yourselves to other people in your friend group. Maybe you're saying, I don't have what they have. If I just work harder, I'll get it. If I just work harder, I'll be better. And that's not true. Okay, that is not the gospel. Looking at the miracles that Jesus performed, whether it be telling a lame man to walk or giving sight to the blind, did he tell those people to just try harder and then they'd be saved? Did he tell those people to to work harder, to try to see better, to try to walk better, and all of a sudden you'll be better if you, you know, you'll be able to walk if you just try to be better? That's ridiculous. No, instead he said, come to me, trust me, trust in my name and you will be healed. Trust in Jesus and you'll be healed of your emotional problems. It won't happen overnight. It won't be something that all of a sudden just turns off and you'll never deal with again, but it gives you the ability to put one foot in front of the other. That salvation, that work of God gives you the ability to take the next step forward. Not one giant leap to the end into being totally and just um, totally and, and, and unquestionably good. To be unquestionably perfect, to be unquestionably healed. That's not going to happen until Jesus comes back. But trusting in him and his perfectness and resting in the fact that he's the only one that can be perfect is what helps us get through day after day after day on this earth with all of the challenges that come with it, all the shortcomings, all the missed expectations. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it before I... I don't know, make this more confusing or wander in more circles. Uh, Intellectually, I'm just going to leave it here and challenge you to spend some time in the word, spend some time in prayer and in worship, just thanking God and acknowledging, acknowledging who he is, acknowledging that he is the perfect one. Only he can be perfect. And um, through Christ and Christ alone, um, you can have that perfection yourself. 
not through your works, not through your good deeds, not through trying harder or being better, um, but through trusting in Christ's work on the cross, trusting in his name, you can experience that joy, that forgiveness, that compassion for the times that you do mess up. And you can extend that to other people as well. You can extend that forgiveness, that tolerance when people make mistakes instead of coming down in harsh judgment. So thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you receive some fruit out of it. Like I said, I will be doing my homework and reworking the loneliness outline so that we have something good to talk about. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, please send me an email um, on any topic suggestions you may have um, so that we can have some more engaging discussion. any questions you may have, any of that kind of stuff, even just to say hi, um, please reach out either via the email or um, <laughs> the email. I sounded like a older person right there, <laughs> the emails. Anyway, use the email or um, leave me a message on the Anchor app because I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so anyway, thank you so much. Be blessed today. Happy Monday. I look forward to talking to you next week.